Welcome to the Rectify Podcast, your go-to marketing destination for direct-to-consumer brands. I'm Sandy Dedean, your host, and I'm thrilled to be your guide on your brand's growth journey. In each episode, we'll demystify the DTC marketing landscape, providing practical advice you can implement right away with the help of industry experts and remarkable founder guests. Whether you're a seasoned entrepreneur or just starting out, this podcast is your compass to navigate the ever-evolving world of D2C marketing. Get ready to tap into a wealth of knowledge, harness your brand's full potential, and join the ranks of unstoppable D2C success stories. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. And don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss any of my episodes. Hi, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of the Rectified Podcast. This is the very first episode of the new Founder Stories series. And I'm so excited to have a special guest today who will tell us all about his journey in the direct-to-consumer brand world. Without further ado, let me introduce Nima Sardeh from Broya. Nima, welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you here, and I can't wait for you to share all about your journey with our audience. Let's kickstart this episode by telling us a little bit about yourself, who you are, and what you do. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so I guess who I am. I'm yeah, I'm the founder of Broya. I'm from Canada. Broya is a Canadian company. I've been around for yeah, like over seven years now. It's been a quite a journey. We're fully bootstrapped. Still pretty small team, but doing you know multiple seven figures in revenue. And uh, yeah, it's yeah, that's I guess that's a yeah. Let's tell our audience what Broya is and what kind of products do do you sell. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So we make organic and grass-fed bone broth, and we source these bones from local Canadian farms. And we only sell in Canada right now. And, uh, and yeah, we have six flavors. Four of them are in pouches, and they are more more of a flavored product, like something that you won't really get anywhere else in the market or even tough to replicate at home even. And then our other two flavors are in a new packaging format, in a ready-to-drink can 250 ml can and those are more of your classic bone broths that you might you know you might make at mm. home mm. okay let's start by talking about how you got this idea like bone broth mm. it's something that's unconventional although it's trendy today how did you decide that this is what you want to do yeah it's a it's, it's always a an interesting thing to uh whenever i meet new people and tell them i sell broth or juice made from bones it's like a <laughs> it's always an interesting conversation and uh, but yeah i mean uh, the way i got into it you know i've always been into my health i've always been into you know thinking about how i could be a healthier person you know i had health challenges growing up i was you know a little bit overweight all the time even though i like played sports and worked out it was just kind of like what's you know why you know my brother was super skinny it's like you know i had i had <laughs> physiognomy or, or whatever and and I had digestive issues and just like plagued me, you know, and, and they're really kind of normalized because, you know, my parents aren't really doctors or anything. They're just <laughs> aren't living, you know, and, and so, you know, health has always been on my mind and, and really like my health and my energy have always been my number one priority in my life because it's just so obvious how different of a quality of life I have when my health is good and my, my health is health is not mm -hmm. good. And so, yeah, and so I, I was really led towards, you know, eating good quality foods, whole foods, kind of led to the paleo 
movement like 10, 10, 11, 12 years ago. And, you know, within that movement, it, it started to talk about sourcing good quality meat. And, you know, I never, you know, I think in our, in our world, we have this perce- perception that we have different perceptions of what health is. And, you know, one of them is being vegan. And luckily I, I never went down that road because I just generally don't think it's healthy. And so, you know, I, I was led down the road of eating good quality meat. And, and so I, you know, the first thing I kind of did was I looked at, you know, all the local farms within, you know, an hour or two hours from Toronto. And they're, first of all, very difficult to find. These farms don't really do any marketing. They're not, they're not really anything but farmers because, you know, farming is a full-time job. It's very challenging. And so I, you know, I found a few of these farms, went to the farms, met the farmer, bought a, basically like a whole cow <laughs> and, uh, and made, and made this like part of my, my health, you know, whatever you call it. It's my, my process of like sourcing meat. Mm-hmm. I just, I just stopped purchasing meat from grocery stores. Even when I went, went out for dinner, I would rarely have red meat because I just always had it at home. I would usually have like chicken or fish or something or whatever. Mm. And so, you know, I, this whole process of like buying an animal, taking it home and, you know, obviously it's like butchered and like, you know, not buying <laughs> Although maybe one day, you know, uh, and I would store it in my freezer and I would have, you know, I would have meat for the whole year, you know, and, and the, and the interesting thing is here is like, you, you don't just get like the tenderloins and the best cuts of steak, you get the organs, you get the heart, the liver, the bones. And for, for a while, I didn't really know what to do with the bones. Like I've kind of heard about broth. We have like, you know, dishes in our cultures. I'm sure you do too, that always use bones, you know, and, but nothing really like stuck for me until I really started to discover just through like really, like I would say, you know, very niche health circles that were talking about collagen and we're talking about the benefits of consuming bone broth and, and all that. Mm-hmm. And again, this was like, this was, I think in like 2015 when I first actually just like heard of bone broth, you know, as, as like a health thing. Yeah. So I started making it myself. I started drinking like one to two cups every day. And it was just very obvious to me that this was like a really different food and different. Yeah. Something that was like, really a value add to my whole health regimen and like, and my life. And so, yeah, I I think at that point it was pretty obvious, you know, there was nothing in the market that was premium at all. Like they just didn't exist. And, and then that's when I, you know, when I set out to decide I was going to take that leap and, and make it myself. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. I really love when the founder has actually a story that's that's linked to to the actual product and this is like your real life experience and your health that led to for you to create this product this is pretty amazing this kind of products were not very trendy like yeah. at the beginning it's only like in the past 2 years that everybody's talking about bone broth and all of that so how did you take the product and first introduce it to the market yeah, I mean, so this is one of the most difficult things, I think, for any new business that is trying to create a category, because this is essentially what it is, you know, and and like you can go and create a, let's say like a new, like you can create a new collagen brand today and everyone knows what that is, but like you are now in a sea of multiple competitors, 
you know, yeah, you really don't have, yeah, but the easy thing, you don't have the need for education, you know, and so you can mm. like, throw up a landing page, start selling, but you don't, you probably won't go that far at, at this point, you know, with us, it was like, yeah, it was so early into the bone broth trend that very few people actually knew about it. And uh, yeah, and the amount of education we actually had to do was, was very challenging and just, and almost like enough of a reason to quit multiple times, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. actually, you know, it's like, it's like, it gets to a point where you're like, I don't know if this is ever going to catch on. Like I, I actually, in my, in my gut, I, I felt as though it will, you know, because mm. it was just, it's to me, like I'm the consumer. I'm, I'm always pretty early to trends in the health space. So just to see like the, the kind of the pieces of the puzzle of like, you know, how this would come to market, it, it made, it made a ton of sense to me. But, you know, it was a lot of painful, like the first few years were very painful in terms of, you know, not, not getting that much growth at the beginning, like really just trying to improve the product and figure out supply chain and figure out production. Because, you know, at that stage, there was nobody actually producing a, a premium quality bone broth, mm. even in like the, the manufacturing, food manufacturing space. So that was all new. So, so yeah, it was just like constant education until you know, at some point it started to stick. And at some point, you know, I think what happened was like, you know, naturopaths, for example, have been always talking about bone broth and more and more of them started to talk about it more like nutritionists started to talk about it. And I think that started to like actually help out like the credibility behind bone broth. And then eventually, you know, like things just start to trickle with the world we're in. So, so basically you had to really go out and seek those early adopters of the product because regular people, like people who are the followers, let's say, yeah. had no idea. So usually when you start, it's like your mom and your dad and your cousin and your friend and all of that. Yeah. But you actually had to go and seek these people who will adopt your product while yeah. nobody else is doing that so you talked about naturopath and nutritionists and all of that but how did you get your very first client who's not family or f a friend yeah well we went to we did a few trade shows in toronto like consumer facing trade shows so these are ones where like the public can come in and try different product products and excuse me and and at these shows like there's a lot of you know early stage food companies from the toronto area you know, really trying to sell, sell their product and explain why they're great. And yeah, I did that. I did maybe like four or five of those. And, and it was actually a really good way to, to just understand what the market, like what that niche health market was looking for, you know, and if they had heard about it, a lot of them actually had, you know, surprisingly at that stage, like, oh yeah, I've heard about this. I've never like tried mm -hmm. it, seen it anywhere. Also just getting feedback on the flavors, like our first flavors were just horrific you know <laughs> it was, we had, yeah yeah it's funny uh there was so we had some quite a few iterations to get to the point that we're at now mm. packaging to flavors and everything so but those were definitely the, the early days of trying to get out there and trying to get in front of people yeah and then did you make any sales during that event yeah some yeah <laughs> <laughs> now we definitely okay. We sold, so we, 
bottles, you know, like we, we had bottles at the time and we definitely sold some. It was, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't the intention wasn't to like make much money at these shows. It was mostly like yeah. information that we were gathering and the feedback mm. was important. Yeah. Let's move on to how you came up with your branding. How did you decide? Like, let's talk about the marketing side of everything. Yeah. Did you do the branding, the packaging and all of these by yourself or did you have help from, I don't know, a consultant, an agency? Like, how did you proceed with that? Especially at the beginning where you're not selling enough, you don't have the bigger budgets, you know, and all of that. How did you do all of this? Yeah, so so we worked with branding agency to get things going. And to be honest, it was kind of needed at the time. I, I had zero experience with product products and you know, I had nothing I I didn't even know what to look for at that time. You know, I was just mostly found somebody that was pretty good in terms of like the work that she had done. And and yeah, we got we got a different like different look and idea of like, okay, how do you actually build a brand? And and yeah, it was interesting. I mean, I think, you know, obviously looking back, there's, <laughs> there's a lot of things that, you know, you like, you might do differently, you know, especially mm -hmm. when you first go. But I think overall, I'm like really happy with the branding right now. And like, and the name, it's cool. Like I like the name and it's, it's, uh, you know, just everything around the brand. It just feels like, yeah, it's cool. You know, it's like a nice, it's a nice feel. And yeah, but definitely had help on it. Talking about the name, how did you come up with it? <laughs> I mean, it was really just an exercise in, in like coming up with a name with this consultant. And essentially we were really like trying to avoid saying bone broth in our name. And we, we really wanted something that was like very simple and easy to say. And, and, you know, a lot of, a lot of like big brands, for example, have made up names that are like, yeah. that are two syllables, you know, like Nike, Vega, for example, is another one. And, uh, and yeah, that's kind of like where it came from and like the bro and the yeah is like, Broya is like, it's kind of phonetically pleasing in some ways. So hmm. it was just like, we want a made up name so that let's say bone broth actually never, <laughs> never takes off, like never happens. We can actually go into another category without pigeonholing ourselves into just bone broth, you know? Yeah. So, I yeah. like that. It's, yeah. it's, I, I agree with everything you're saying. It's, it's, it's a name that you can do anything with. Now you're stuck with the food category and the health food. <laughs> you can't change that. People, people know your brand, but just in case it doesn't work out with the bone breath, like you would have been able to do something else with it. This yeah. is very interesting. And then how did you, like, I know it's a learning curve. Every single product creator or like direct to consumer brand founder they just do the product, you know, it's something that's like they are creating and they want to put out in the market. But as you said earlier, you, right. did, you didn't know what you need to do. And then you went to the branding agency. How did you also decide about all the marketing activities that you're going to do? Okay. So I think like as a general rule, I don't know anything like, you know, like that's, <laughs> like, that's the take, that's the take that I approach business. And really life in general is kind of this like beginner mindset in a lot of ways of like, I don't know shit, you know, and, and, and the stage that I'm at now is likely not going to be like what I did to get here to the next stage. And so mm -hmm. anything I try to learn or do to get to the next stage, I always look to find people who just walk that path, like literally mm -hmm. the path, ideally, you know, like mm -hmm. not, maybe not in the food space, but maybe in, you know, health and beauty and 
but like somebody who just went to 10 million in revenue and that's where I'm going. So go find that person and make sure that they operated, you know, similar to me and, and they have a lot to offer to me, you know? And so mm-hmm. I've, I think, you know, I've personally, I've been pretty good at that. And so I've been good at finding those people and like, you know, whether, whether it's like paying them for being a consultant or mentor or whatever, or like giving them, like, I have like three advisors now that, you know, have advisor shares in my company that have like provided tremendous amount of value to me over the years. Mm-hmm. Really wouldn't be here without them. So, so yeah, early on, on the, on the marketing side, I actually didn't take that approach. And I, I like really just went into retail because it was kind of the, the way to go. And, and we actually like failed at retail early on. I would say it was like a pretty big failure because we just didn't have the right product and didn't really understand what it took to actually grow in retail. Even though like we got up to like 300 or 400 stores, we weren't getting the turns that we needed in order to be successful. And then, you know, it was kind of at a sticking point there in like late 2019, early 2020, where it was essentially, you know, it was kind of the the decision that I would take to either really like not go any further into retail just wasn't going to happen. So it was either like, Hey, let's go, let's go into e-commerce and, and see if this works or, and if it doesn't, like, I think we just shut the company down. Like that's kind of like where we were at. (laughs) Yeah. And I had a couple of friends in e-commerce who, you know, just, they saw our numbers in the e-commerce, like we, and we weren't advertising that much, maybe a few thousand dollars a month in ads. And, but we did have some customers who were just ordering like every month online. And, and so you know, a few of my friends in the space were saying like, Hey man, like there's actually something here Like, you should really explore mm. that. And so that's when I decided, I was like, okay, let's put everything into e-commerce and, you know, it proved to be a really fruitful decision for sure. So yeah, we, we grew like three X and then two X the next year. And yeah, now we're, we're at a good space. So now you only sell online. You don't have points no. of sale or anything. No, we have retailers. We, we've been working okay. with this distributor for about five years now. And we've been in Whole Foods for about that time in Ontario. And yeah, probably like 100 to 150 mm. retailers now. Yeah. And all of them, I would say like 90% of them in Ontario at this stage. And we're starting to expand out west now. Okay. And most of your sales are e-com or is it yeah. your points of sale? Yeah, 80% is e-commerce. Right? Wow. Okay. I love this. Yeah. I love this because people tend to be, most of the people I work with, they tend to be, no, I want to, you know, sell wholesale to this, you know, the big stores and all of that, like you said, Whole Foods and stuff like that. They find it easier to like just send a bulk quantity to a store instead of selling one by one. Yeah. But I like this, that you're you're an example that you can actually scale your brand doing e-com and 80% of your sales are from your website, which is really amazing. If we go back to marketing, I'm going to tell you about a challenge that I have with yeah. people I work with. And I want to see what what you did in this situation or if you were in such a situation. So right. most people, smaller brands, they don't have big budgets to create these big productions and, you know, all those videos and content that are on social media. So One of the things that I ask them is to put themselves out there, tell their story, like you told us your story today, and then be present in some of the videos and not all of them. 
Yeah. Fun fact: Yesterday, I got an ad from Broya, and you were talking. You were <laughs> telling your story. <laughs> awesome. So, is that the only place where you tell you about your story, or do you appear on social media? Do you have an issue with showing yourself and telling your story? Yeah, it's a good question. First of all, that ad is doing really well for us, <laughs> and and, yeah. uh, and in general, any founder ad we throw out there has done well. And, and, you know, it's something that I, so I don't have a problem being in front of camera. Like I actually, I actually like it. It's actually super fun for me. It's more around the, like, I don't have a, I don't have a team dedicated to, to mm. like that, you know? So, so, you know, when it comes to creating content, it's like, I'm coming up with like ideation. I'm coming up with actually, I'm actually doing the filming You know, I don't edit, but like, I'll send it to our editor and stuff. And I actually just, funny that you ask because like i actually just brought on a so an organic social agency to do to do this you know because there were just too many signs like too many winners like ads that were winning with like me telling my story and like me talking and whatever that i i brought on this organic social agency to focus on that to like yeah hey let's start actually like you know putting a process together where i'm gonna film I'm going to give it to you. You're going to edit. They're going to post on organic, like organically on Instagram. Mm. We're going to run some of those on ads and and really start to have like the founder story as a pillar of our content marketing. I think it's like, yeah, it's, it's the one thing where like, I, I, I've been telling myself to do this for over a year and uh, now yeah, <laughs> pieces in place, but yeah, I got a little complacent on that. So I, yeah. well, if you can have someone to like, follow you around uh, <laughs> then you'll have content constantly like if you're doing meetings if you're I don't know in trade shows I don't know what exactly you do on a daily basis not necessarily on a daily basis but if you have something that's already yeah. content that you can just cut and edit and like yeah put it I, out there yeah I think the Gary V style is like is actually like I mean he's he's he pretty bang on about it you know it's like the guys that yeah marketing genius and he basically just said get a camera guy and follow you around exactly that's the way you yeah. do it <laughs> i am seeing that a lot i go to events and i see like this one person with a tiny camera following the other one and i'm like oh my god <laughs> it's it's a pretty interesting thing but usually business owners they just don't have enough time or like yeah. the mind space to think about what they need to create or like Yeah. Now we're meeting, we're recording this podcast and you can also put a tripod next to you and like, you know, record yourself with your phone. But we just don't think about these things and it's just tiny habits that we need to do in order for us to create more content. But I love this. So your advice is to just show yourself, tell your story, because from your experience, all the founder stories that you did, founder ads, let's say, are the ones that are performing better. Definitely, yeah. I mean, mm. I mean, look, like I do think there is something to say about like, you know, some founders are just super shy and, and yes. they're not like, it's a, it's a little bit harder to, you know, be engaged with, with them, you know, like, um, my beard helps actually, like, this is like, you know, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not even saying it's like, that's actually like a proven thing that like, you have a beard it like stands out more and like people are more like, it's easier to grab. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. That, something that I don't know if you've heard of Alex Hormozy, but like he, he yes, talks, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it so it helps, you know. And like I think things like this, mm. 
there needs to be something that's like somewhat memorable. And then yeah. if you're like really shy and like all that, then maybe, and maybe it's not the right thing, you know? And, but like, if you can really get out there and, and work on that, I think it's super powerful. Pretty amazing. What is your advice to someone who's starting now and they're frustrated and they just can't sell enough products to live, you know, that kind of beginner phase and everybody who's buying is their friend or their cousin or somebody they know. What is your advice for them? I mean, I, th I think the, uh, I think we're, well, first of all, we're heading into pretty tough times. So first it's like, you know, don't be too hard on yourself with, with like where we're going. But I think the most important thing is like, you know, business in, in some ways is, is simple, but very challenging, but simple, you know, and simple in the sense that like you, you have revenue and then you have, you know, your costs of goods sold and then you have your operating costs. And then it's like, but really it's like, what is your, your contribution margin is just like revenue minus cogs, you know? And, and I think that's the biggest thing we need to be working on these days or like, or entrepreneurs need to be thinking about is like, what is that contribution margin? And, you know, you can make your life a lot easier if your contribution margin is like 70%, 80% versus like 40%, or, you know, mm. or you 50, like yeah. things get really hard, you know, when your contribution margin is small. And I, and I would uh, honestly even just like stop a business. Like I would not, I would not start a new business unless it like actually had a, an attractive contribution margin. So mm -hmm. you can make your life a lot easier once you start to, you know, look at that. And then obviously you need a product to sell. So always improve yeah. product is important. You also mentioned that you are surrounded by people who help you and without them, you wouldn't be here. Yeah. Is that something that you think is very important for someone to be able to scale the brand? Yeah, no, of course, of course. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you, you, you know, I think the natural state of an entrepreneur is just like being blind, you know? Uh, and so whatever you can do to, you know, open up some of those blind spots is like, it's just a win, you know? And, and then really the, the point is to like, just do whatever you can in order to like talk to whoever you can, who can actually help you uncover these blind spots. Cause you don't know where you're going. And you're just trying to make good guesses that mm. like, what's the right place to actually go. And sometimes you get it right. Most of the time you get it wrong, you know, but mm. when you get it right, you just, you have to go and you have to like, yeah, be very certain that this is the, the way to go. And, and it helps to have people who have been there to tell you like, Hey, that is the way to go, you know? Yeah. And that gives you more confidence over time. And eventually, yeah, you just keep running. Yeah. Totally agree. Even me, I'm, I'm a service-based company, but the same thing when I'm alone, I don't see things clearly or I know them, but I just, it's like in my blind spot and I, I don't pay attention to that. But once I have a conversation with someone, I'm part of different mastermind groups and I have coaches, you know, when I have these conversations with them, I just get more clarity and more certainty on some decisions, which is really amazing. Nima, we're approaching the end of this episode, and I usually like to ask a series of three questions. It just like quick answers, nothing scary. <laughs> Don't be afraid. Are you ready? I'm so ready. <laughs> uh, how would your friends describe what you do for a living? They would probably describe me as uh, this weird dude who likes to go to farms and talk to farmers and. <laughs> 
Yeah, no, I mean, people call me the bone broth guy, you know, it's like, and, and really like, you know, kind of circling back to scratching my own itch with this thing. It's like, this is kind of what I do with everything in life is mm -hmm. like, there's something that I feel as though is not to my standards or like, or it's just like, it just annoys me because it's, I know there's something better. I'll just mm -hmm. go really deep into that, into that area, you know, and, and ultimately like find the best thing, whether that's just like, you know, it's not starting a business and everything, but it's like a personal for personal use or whatever. So I think, you know, my friends would probably say that I'd be in that, in that way, you know? And so, yeah. So your product was mainly a solution to your problem. Yeah. But also there are so many people out there who might have the same problem and that's why they're buying your product. Right. Do you have any like, story or like a special thing that happened with a client because of or thanks to your product yeah i mean we have a lot for sure i guess like one that sticks out to me there's there's this guy he's kind of, i think he's from quebec actually but he i mean he's got this like i think he's he's got an italian name i forget his okay. name he was like just his email was like you could you could tell it was like this italian kind of like and i grew up with like some of my best friends italian so it's like yeah it feels good to hear it you know and but he was saying like yeah my my dad is like 89 years old and he had cancer and like he fought cancer and he was like you know drinking your product and he swears that it like a, a big part of it was like due to drinking your product and like and like, okay, oh, I'm not, I'm not saying yeah. oh, cures cancer. Like, this is not medical advice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm just saying that, like, it's amazing to hear something like that, where it's like, wow, this guy was like super sick, and mm. you know, obviously he did so many other things. Like, he he was probably really taking care of his health, and but he was drinking our product too, and he loved our product, and and just the excitement that comes from, you know, a customer, and that says that, you know, th this was such a like a life-changing thing for for mm. us it's like mm. it's like really feels good to hear that you know it's yeah. amazing yeah i love this i love i love when somebody's product actually makes a change in a person's life i'm pretty sure you feel amazing every time you receive one of these oh yeah testimonials i still get every review come straight to my inbox yeah <laughs> amazing yeah. question number three is there a book that changed your life and that you would recommend to our audience? Yeah, I would say like the, the probably the number one book that, you know, and I think like books are interesting because it's more of like, there's the right book for the right person at the right time, you know? Mm, um, so true. Yeah. But for me, it was, uh, it was, I read a book was Anti-Fragile by Nassim Taleb. And like, and then I also, you know, I also read Black Swan by him and Skin in the Game. But Anti-Fragile was my first read by Taleb. And that really just like blew my mind open in so many ways, you know, and, uh, and I ended up reading it like three times actually. But yeah, yeah. You get something new from it every time. He's a pretty, he's a genius, this guy. Yeah, but, he is. Yeah. 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 He's, yeah, you're, you're Lebanese, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you would Yes. Know. He is, he's from the <laughs> north of Lebanon where, where I'm from. <laughs> yeah. He's quite a character, but. Mm. But his, uh, he's obviously a genius and like his, his whole, uh, yeah, just his whole philosophy around anti-fragility and, and all that is, is quite incredible. And I, I'd recommend everyone to just read it because it's like, it's just a good book for life and, yeah. and really for business, you know, and like for everything. 
I should definitely get that. I did read The Black Swan, but this one, no. I'll add it to my list. Actually, on my Instagram, every month we decide on like one book and then I read, I try to read one book a month at least, but we decide on one book and then I'm going to do this for, for one of the months this year. So for our audience, where can they find you and your product? Which accounts should they, should they follow? Yeah, so we're at broyaliving.com, B-R-O-Y-A living.com. And that's our Instagram as well. We're, yeah, we're active on Instagram mostly. We're not really on TikTok anymore. We do have TikTok. Perfect, perfect. Thank you for being a guest on my podcast. And to all the listeners, I'll be back next week with a new episode.